It's the Dubai Property Podcast for news, interviews and market trends. And welcome back to another episode of the Dubai Property Podcast as we talk real estate right around the UAE and available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. We are up to, yes, still trying to work out the days, Thursday, Thursday morning the 11th today of January. I hope the start of 2024 is going well for you as we talk Dubai real estate for the start of our year. And don't forget to keep your emails coming through. We mentioned a couple of days ago, if you're planning on buying a Dubai property or perhaps in one of the other Emirates, let us know what the activity is around your purchase. You can email us to DubaiPropertyPodcast at gmail.com. Well, I see that in property news, a Dubai property developer has bought a prime business bay plot for nearly $100 million. And when they say prime, they're really not kidding. Strategically located, of course, near the Dubai Mall, the Burj Khalifa, and the Dubai Water Canal. So those three things really bring a lot of value. So no wonder $100 million nearly was spent for that piece of land. And a local company called Nomad uh, that was founded, in fact, a few years ago, 2020, offers property buyers a single point of contact to make home ownership simple and efficient. I see that they have have recently been able to attract $20 million and sort of grow the business. So we will get Nomad on to just tell us a little bit more in the next couple of weeks about their business and how they are looking for the start of 2024. As you know, we have been looking back across 2023, plenty of interviews. It was all of the talking points really from earlier in the year. It is our new year podcast real estate series for the UAE and coming up next we will continue that. I caught up with in May last year with Michael Waters. Now he is a property expert, really does dive into the property data. He works there at Harriet Watt University. He's the professor there and we will catch up with him with that interview from last year. We'll do that next. It's the Dubai Property Podcast for news, interviews and market trends. Who, in her opinion, said that there would be a correction in the marketplace coming? Is the market, though, slowing down in terms of what you're seeing? What do you think? For me, Craig, uh, short answer, no. We did experience a drop of almost 24% compared to October last year, if we're talking about total transactions conducted for October. Uh, However, the decline was primarily driven by a significant drop of 57.2% in off-plan sales could be partly due to Russian slowing down as well. But secondary or ready properties, on the other hand, actually seen a 29.5% increase in sales. They're talking about these branded residences expected to double with their supply by 2030. Dubai has a very big appetite for this, and I don't know whether it's because of the diversification of nationalities that actually reside in Dubai, or literally because it is a global city with the whole world's eyes on it. 
And we are talking this morning to Dr. Michael Waters, uh, who works there at Harriet Watt University as a professor. So tell me a little bit about the course that uh, you are operating there at the university. Good morning. Morning, Craig. Yes, so we offer a postgraduate real estate program, master's level. So we have industry professionals who come onto the course to upskill and essentially aspire to become chartered surveyors. Many of them do that. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe we'll have to get you back another time just to sort of break that course down. One of the first questions that I've got for you this morning is that for somebody that's coming into the Dubai property market, you're the right person to talk to about this. Uh, Let's say that somebody's coming into Dubai and they've been relatively successful in the UK or the US. They know how to break down an area or a market, but this is a a new country with a different set of rules to follow. So what would you suggest is a couple of key things that they should be doing in terms of the analysis and the interpretation of the Dubai real estate market? I mean, my main piece of advice, and and, and fortunately for for new entrants in the market, is that Dubai and the government of Dubai have been working really hard to provide more transparency in in the market. So, you know, last year it was rated as a, for the first time, a transparent global real estate market. And in practice, what that means is there's a lot more information, granular level information where people can make those buying decisions. Um, We can see transactions on various portals and, and a lot of these new portals that are coming online are giving buyers more educated points of reference, things like uh, you know expected yields, service charge information. So it's they're not just property portals anymore. they become you know much more richer data sets. And DLD themselves have an open data platform which people should look at just to get an understanding in those areas they can filter down and see what the transactions have been and make more informed buying decisions. I think that's something that's a real sort of game changer when it comes to Dubai's market maturity as we have these portals and people particularly from overseas have a much better understanding of that price information. Yeah, that's a good point because when you get granular, it just breaks things down on a completely different level. And it's really all about sophistication with the market analysis. And if you go back 10 years, you didn't have this in Dubai to the extent that what we've got right now. Exactly, exactly. I think mo- most buyers were buying on an expected yield. And obviously, where, the, where, the, where there isn't data available, people are pricing that higher risk into their purchase. So it sort of stagnates the market. And a lot of the price growth that we're likely to see in the future is probably going to be driven from the fact that the market is still relatively undervalued and there is better data to inform the decisions. So therefore, the risk premium comes down, essentially. The other thing, too, is that with regard to the gut feel of the real estate market, you talk to varying people, particularly people that have made a lot of money, they'll talk about this gut. And gut is so important when it comes to trusting your own instincts. But if you merge the gut, if I can put it that way, with the sophistication of the way that the data is now available, those two things you want to get right in tandem. 
Yeah, I think the ba- balancing act is, is is quite a challenge. Um, you know, being an academic, you know, you can overanalyze. I do agree that you've got to take it with some balance between, you know, do you see it? Do you, does it feel like a good opportunity? Is the reasons for buying in the market, are they likely to sort of stand that test of time? So obviously looking at time horizons when you invest here, so that you, you you know that if you're going to put money down in Dubai, you know it's over a five, ten year period rather than you know the one or two years that perhaps historically investors and buyers were looking at. So I think all of that just plays into a bit more education for for, for buyers, and it hopefully makes the transaction process smoother and easier. But I also think yes, you can at certain points of the market there's a bit of irrationality. But you know the cost of building a villa, a townhouse, it's sometimes higher than what people are selling for. So obviously that's a really ripe opportunity. Uh, there are still indications when you analyse that the market is is a good opportunity for for some um, cyclical trends that we we've seen. You know, it'd be quite interesting to see some sort of a study because the academics that become very, very granular and they go into the data extremely deeply, they're the sort of person that not necessarily operates on the creative instincts with regard to what we're talking about here. And it can be, I suspect, very, very frustrating for academics that do that, as opposed to somebody that is not an academic, but has the whole instinctual vibe in terms of the way that they read the market would that be a fair comment yeah i think i think so i mean i you know i i speak to market participants and and you know i one of the advantages i have when i make decisions is that i'm not dealing with clients and i'm not dealing with the information so i am you know isolated away from the market and sometimes i've you know spoken to practitioners and and they've got it wrong as well. So it all really does depend on just allowing yourself to, you know, I, I guess, first of all, I would be saying, you know, why, what, what's, the, what's the plan? Why are you buying here? You know, what does individually, why is it making sense for you to purchase in Dubai? And I think once you've established that plan, then the data and the information that we were just talking about allows you to, to, to sort of enter the market with much more confidence. Um, and as, as we said, 10 years ago, it was all a bit clouded. You had to make relationships with, with stakeholders to find out what these transactions might have sold for, but there was nothing really solid in, in the data sets. But nowadays, that, that would be my advice, that people can enter the market with much more confidence and see exactly what price points they should be sort of targeting because we have much better transactional data that, that we have had for many years in other markets. Okay, so at the top, I was talking about somebody moving in from the UK or the US and they're, you know, they've been quite successful. Now, we know that Dubai is highly attractive to invest in real estate. So same sort of question for any investor who's coming from another country that has been quite successful. What is a couple of critical things for them to think about from an investor's point of view coming into Dubai? Yeah, I, th- I think the opportunity that Dubai offers international investors is is quite lucrative in the sense that Dubai has obviously built its foundations, its economic foundations have been built around um, diversifying the economy and, of course, linking the world to Dubai. And um, you know, the brand of Dubai and the global traffic that comes through Dubai is is a real enabler of a strong residential property investment portfolio in Dubai. So the advice that I would sort of be saying to investors is look at how dynamic the property that you're purchasing, i.e. can it be a long-term rental? Can it be an Airbnb? 
and can I capitalize on on changes and demographic shifts or or things that might be driving those different markets separately. And I think that's as a as a first investment at least into Dubai, that's probably where I would I would be steering people that, you know, have a property here that you may use for a period of time, you know, and get utility from. You may be able to short term rent rent and, and sort of capitalize on on events like we had, you know, Expo twenty twenty. That was a strong opportunity for, for short term rentals, as was the Qatar World Cup. And obviously the spillover effect into Dubai and the UAE was was good. So people were able to leverage those those opportunities because if you had a property in the marina or downtown, they're the kind of places that people want to stay. So I think when you're entering the market, you should be looking at those more established products would be my advice. I know people do have different investment philosophies, but that's where I would steer people. All right, so we will leave it there, Michael. There's uh, quite a bit of information there. We will have to get you back onto the podcast. And thank you for coming on to the Dubai Property Podcast this morning. Yep, thank you, Craig. From 6am, we bring you the latest real estate news with diverse perspectives from leading industry experts. We deliver the most property podcasts every week on the Dubai Property Podcast. Lillian this morning and she has got a question for you, Mario, so I guess we should play it. And I just wanted to ask for a person who's wanting to become a real estate agent for the first time in Dubai, is it possible to strike out on your own or is it necessary to align yourself with an existing brokerage? Wow, so there is the question. I I would say that Lillian is very brave wanting to strike out on her own. Definitely. In the past, freelancers, which is effectively what she's alluding to, but being a freelance real estate agent here in Dubai is now not allowed in the eyes of RERA. RERA is the regulatory real estate body that governs uh, all our uh, aspects of work here and is uh, a bit like the the real estate police, if you like. And RERA does not allow individuals to strike out on their own. My advice to her would be to come along to interviews. Uh, Most real estate companies now are hiring because obviously the volumes of business that, that we're all doing is such that we're having to grow our teams exponentially. If she's able to come out actually before, like for a holiday just to to suss out and uh, attend interviews, then that will be much, much easier. The skyline is constantly changing, growing and expanding. The Dubai Property Podcast for all things real estate.